This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert, my spirit is receptive, as I'm taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. We're in this series, The Miracles of the New Testament. And we come to number 34 by our reckoning, Jesus restores sight to Bartimaeus and Jericho. Our great Father God shows himself to be the Almighty God, the all-sufficient one, the God who is more than enough in the lives of those who dare to believe him and take action on his word. People sometimes get the idea that miracles are the result of fasting or prayer or even luck. But the more we study the miracles of the Bible, we come to realize that miracles are simply the result, the result or a, a, a reciprocal action on God's part to some action on the believer's part. I see there's something about us we don't want to believe that, that we can impact God. Last Sunday, we saw where Jesus wept at the death of Lazarus. Why would we think we cannot impact God if the death of Lazarus caused the Son of God to weep? Of course we can impact God. And we do that by taking him at his word and acting like his word is so. This action could be speaking the word, this action could be giving, or this action could be obedience to some command of God. But by whatever action Faith manifests itself. Miracles are simply one kind of reaping in the kingdom of God. In other words, I sow a seed of action and I reap a miracle. James 2.14, what good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Verse 17, in the same way, faith by itself if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Tell your neighbor, this answers a whole lot of questions. Faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. You see, by its very nature, faith is a matter of action. Faith requires action. Faith demands that you do something about what you say you believe. Verse 18, show me your faith without deeds, and I'll show you my faith by what I do. So we receive from our beautiful Heavenly Father by faith. It is with our faith that we receive from God's bountiful provision. But remember, our faith must be accompanied by action. In most miracles of the Bible, there are four steps to receiving. Number one, hearing. Number two, believing. Number three, confessing. And number four, taking action. When you confess the word of God you've heard, when you confess the word you've heard and what you have believed, it is a kind of sowing, a sowing of faith for the meeting of your need. See, when you confess the word you've heard, it is a kind of sowing. When you take action on the word you've heard, it is a kind of sowing, a kind of sowing in faith for the meeting of your need. Now today, let's look at an incredible, powerful miracle and an incredibly powerful principle of taking action before a miracle happens and changing one's attitude before a miracle happens. Now, the miracle this morning is a little different because Jesus says it, but then Bartimaeus takes action not on what Jesus had said, but of his own initiative in anticipation of his receiving his miracle. Now, let me say that again. Jesus says it, but then Bartimaeus takes action, not on what Jesus had said, but of his own initiative 
in anticipation of the miracle that he was about to receive. In this regard, this miracle has always reminded me of the healing of the woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5. And what did Jesus say to that woman after she had received her miracle in Mark 5, verse 34? And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. And we'll see Jesus say the same thing here this morning in the story of Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus was begging because he was blind. Mark 10, verse 46, Then they came to Jericho. And Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, that is the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. So Bartimaeus was begging because he was blind. The works of Satan turn human beings into derelicts and non-producers. It is a satanic thing to want to turn the noble descendants of Adam into beggars. But that is what Satan does. He does that through drugs. He does that through alcohol, all kinds of ways. He turns the noble descendants of Adam into non-producers and derelicts. And this miracle has always seemed to me to be the antithesis of the miracle in John 5 where the man who had been infirm for 38 years just sat around the pool of Bethesda waiting for an angel to stir the waters. Bartimaeus wasn't waiting for anything. Bartimaeus took the initiative in anticipation of receiving his miracle. And then Bartimaeus called out to Jesus for mercy. Verse 47 when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You know, I was uh, watching last Sunday's message yesterday, and I don't know who she is, and I don't know if she's in this service, but there is a wonderful sister of God, you know, while the men are silent and asleep or whatever, there's a wonderful sister who shouts out sometimes, preach, and uh, I want to commend you, amen, whoever you are. Amen. See, because you know what that is? That's initiative and that's enthusiasm. Amen. You sit there, you know, like a frog in a hailstorm, ain't nothing much going to happen. Amen. Or a calf, here's a Texas colloquialism, a calf staring at a new gate, you know, like, what's that? Nope, nope. Man, you got to come into the house of God with enthusiasm. You got to approach the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords with a spirit of anticipation. Hallelujah. And I sit around for 38 years. Amen. Bartimaeus called out to Jesus for mercy. Verse 47, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, it's all right to shout. He began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So Bartimaeus called out <clears throat> to Jesus for mercy. Is that it? Is that it? Is that all we need to do? Is that all we need to do is call out for mercy? Or do we have a part to play? Do we have to do something else? And the crowd told Bartimaeus to shut up. Verse 48, many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. The crowd wanted Bartimaeus to shut up. In the healing revival of Smith Wigglesworth, back in the 1880s and 1890s, confession or testifying was a large part of that revival. Could it be that confession is such a huge part of answered prayer? That is why Satan doesn't want us talking about what God has done. Could it be that confession is such a huge part of answered prayer? That is why Satan doesn't want us giving God the glory for what God has done. You see, no one had a problem with you when you were a drug addict. No one had a problem with you when you were an alcoholic. No one had a problem with, with you when you were unemployed or underemployed. No one had a problem with you when you could not pay your bills. No one had a problem with you when you were broke, busted, and disgusted. And no one even had a problem with you when you started coming to Faith Christian Center every time the doors were open. They just thought that you had lost your mind and turned into some kind of religious nut. And no one had a problem with you when you started tithing. They thought you had just joined a cult. But what they do have a problem with is when the fruit of the Word of God begins showing up in your life 
And what they really have a problem with is when you open your mouth and you start giving God the glory for the fruit of the Word showing up in your life. And why does the world hate that so much? Because if that's really all there is to it, if that's really all there is to it, they could have done what you did and got the results you got. I said they could have done what you did and got the results you got. I thought I said they could have done what you did and got the results you got. But since they have no faith in the hearts and didn't do what you did to get the results you got, they hate you for getting the results and they hate you for giving God the glory for the results. Bartimaeus ignored the crowd and shouted all the more. Verse 48, many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. I have mastered the art of ignoring the crowd. Hallelujah. If you let the crowd bully you, you're not going to ever get anywhere in this life. Do you want to live in the kind of home you want to live in? Or do you want to live in the kind of home the Pope thinks you ought to live in, even though he lives in a palace? Do you want what God says you ought to what do you want what God says you ought to have? Or do you want what your brother-in-law says you ought to have? Amen. If you go by the crowd, you get the crowd's results. Hallelujah. If you go by the opinion of the world, you get the world's results. But if you'll dare to lift up your eyes, hallelujah, and find out what God says about your life and believe what God says about your life and confess what God says about your life, and here's another bridge, act like what God has said about your life is so, then you'll begin to walk in what God's will is for your life. If I've learned anything about this faith walk with God, it is this. I must ignore the haters. I must ignore the ankle biters. I must ignore the critics. And I've got to ignore the barking dogs. Number one, step, step number one, Jesus said it. Verse 49, Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet, he's calling you. Now this is the world, man, this is the world, this is the crowd. The exact same people saying shut up now are saying cheer up. You can't go by what the crowd says. You're a boy, you're a girl, you're a girl, you're a boy. You cannot go by what the crowd says. I mean, just two weeks ago, everybody was a buzz. Hollywood was a buzz, buzz with anti-Semitism. And then in the last seven days, everybody's hating on Israel. You cannot go by the crowd. They are fickle. Amen. Amen. Now, here is where this miracle is different from many of the others. Jesus said it, but in saying it, Jesus gave no instructions. In other words, Jesus didn't tell Bartimaeus to do something. Normally, he would tell him to do something. But Bartimaeus had what many of us lack. Bartimaeus had enthusiasm. And so Bartimaeus just took action on his own initiative. Bartimaeus had what many of us lack. He had enthusiasm. And he took action on his own initiative. Step number two. Bartimaeus did it. Jesus said it. Bartimaeus did it. Bartimaeus had what many of us lack in our approach to God. And that Bartimaeus had what many of us lack in our approach to God, and that is enthusiasm. Verse 50, throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Throwing his cloak aside. And why did Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus, throw his cloak aside? Because it was a beggar's garment. It was in those days what a white cane would be to us today. It was a symbol that he was blind and he needed help. So many believers today are clinging to their beggar's garments. They are proud of their beggar's garments. They get on social media and brag about their, their beggar's garments. They brag how they are sick. They brag about how they are poor. And my, 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 they're so humble because they're so, so, so poor. They're not humble. They're, in fact, they're proud. They're proud that they are living under the curse. They brag about the curse. They're proud that they have come to Christ, but they're still broke, busted, and disgusted. Sue read to me once years ago the sad, pitiful Facebook posting of a woman we knew back in our 20s. She was not as old as us, but we were in our 20s. The depression, the longing for death, blaming God for all her troubles. Oh, woe is me. Life is so unfair, and God is so uncaring. 
oh, woe is me. I might show God and take my own life. Boo-hoo-hoo. Well, thank God, thank God, thank God. I heard one of my fathers in the faith teach on Isaiah 119, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat from the best of the land. Not just willing, obedient. Not just obedient, willing. So I'm willing and I'm obedient, and I'm obedient and I'm willing. Hallelujah. Sometimes Sue and I'll be traveling somewhere in the world and uh, we'll have a waiter or somebody take our picture and we'll text it to the kids and say, living the word of life, living the word of faith life is tough, but someone's got to do it. And it's always good for a laugh. Amen. I'm telling you what, you just got to, you got to get past the blues. You got to get past Satan's operating system of depression. You got you to get your eyes off the problem. You gotta, you gotta get out of the mully grubs. You gotta, you gotta get the, you gotta get the beggar's garment off your back. You gotta cast it aside. You gotta look to God. You gotta look to what God has said. I know, I know. Life brings sorrows. I know, I know, I know. We have troubles. Jesus said we would have troubles. There's no misrepresentation of it. We will have troubles. But I am telling you this morning that you can hear the Word of God and you can latch on to the Word of God and you can have faith in the Word of God and you can count on the Word of God and you can say what God says about your life and you can act like what God says about your life is so and you can power through the trouble. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, but pastor, you don't know, you know, the trouble I've had. Well, the Word of God says that He restores unto us the years the locusts have eaten. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So even if the devil's done some damage, hallelujah, we can believe God and God will make it up to us. Hallelujah. 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 Not just willing, obedient. Not just obedient, willing. Hallelujah. I have a lady who works for me, and after she had worked for us about 10 years, she came to me one day and said that she was disgusted with people complaining all the time about how hard it is to serve God. You see, she'd worked for us long enough and gotten to know the people enough and gotten to know their giving well enough to tie it all together. She said serving God isn't hard. Coming to church when the doors are open isn't hard. She said even tithing isn't hard. She said, you know what's hard? Divorce court. You know what's hard? Child custody battles. You know what's hard? Watching a car get repossessed. You know what's hard? Having a house foreclosed. You know what's hard? Going to prison. You see, after about 10 years, she'd seen it all and heard it all and put it all together. Man, you got to throw off that beggar's garment like Bartimaeus threw off that beggar's garment because he had nothing left to lose. You know who pays the bills around here? I want to get your attention. You know who pays the bills around here? It's not some nice couple who never had a hard time and transferred their membership to Faith Christian Center from some other church. You know who pays the bills around here? People who hit the wall. They hit the wall with alcoholism. They hit the wall with drug addiction. They hit the wall in their marriage. Or they hit the wall financially. And they came to a place in life where they had nothing left to lose. And the Holy Spirit of God led them to Faith Christian Center to listen to a crazy man talk about Jesus and giving your all to Jesus and putting Jesus first and giving God as much time to heal your life as you gave the devil to wreck your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I want you to know I'm still crazy after all these years. Hallelujah. And they got saved. And because they'd hit the wall, the world, because they had hit the wall, the world held no allure for them. And because they hit the wall, they didn't try Jesus 25 or 30%, no. Because they'd hit the wall and they had nothing left to lose, they threw that beggar's garment aside. Hallelujah. They threw that beggar's garment aside. I thought I said, they threw that beggar's garment aside. Hallelujah. 
And frankly, you know what else? They don't give a you-know-what what the world thinks of them because they're walking with Jesus. They could not care less what some relatives think of them because they are walking with Jesus. Every millionaire we have here at Faith Christian Center came to us broke. You hear me? They came to us broke because you know what they did after they got saved? They threw aside their beggar's garment. It doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Listen, listen, listen. We're not out here trying to steal the next guy's sheep that are healthy and wealthy. Hallelujah. Because we know who we serve. I found out who my daddy was. I read the Bible and I found out who I'm serving. So bring me the sick and the lame and the halt and the broken and the poor. Hallelujah. And we will lay our hands on them and we will teach them the word of God. Hallelujah. And we will win them to Jesus and we will get them healed and then we will teach them the word of God and then they will grow in faith and grow in health and grow in wealth. Hallelujah. Because that's what our God does. I said, now, now, I see people, you know, giving me the death stare. I'm not intimidated by you. Hallelujah. Because I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded that my God is able. Hallelujah. I said my God is able. He's able to heal the sick. He's able to save the lost. He's able to cure the uncurable. Hallelujah. 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 Now Jesus demanded Bartimaeus articulate what he wanted done for him. Verse 51, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. So Jesus wanted Bartimaeus to say it. Now people with no faith have trouble with this. In fact, people with no faith have big trouble with this. If God is God, why does God want us to ask him for this or that? This is the unbeliever's problem. But Father God does want us to ask him. John 16, 23, in that day you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth. My Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Do we believe it? Do we believe it? Do we believe that Jesus was a truth teller and not a liar? My Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, Pastor, that's crazy talk. Too late, we're gone. Hallelujah. Because Jesus said, ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. Hallelujah. Ask and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. And, and how are we to ask? Well, we are to ask the Father in the mighty name of Jesus. Now this happened, this miracle happened under the old covenant, and Bartimaeus was not born again. Plus Jesus had not yet been crucified, buried, suffered in hell, taken the keys of death and hell away from Satan, been resurrected, and seated at the right hand of Father God, the majesty of God in heaven. So, of course, Bartimaeus was not obligated to ask, according to John 16, 23, and 24. I just mentioned that scripture because that applies to us. That is our procedure. But it was not a procedure for Bartimaeus to follow. All Jesus required of Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus under the Old Covenant is recorded in Mark 10, 51. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. What is it about us? See, there's a difference. You're saying, well, I do that all the time and I don't get results. The Spirit of God says, you're not asking, you're begging. Hallelujah. You know, if tomorrow Austin came over to my house and came into my office and graveled around on the floor a little bit and begged for me to help him with his electric bill, I would think that... Uh, Sue had birthed some kind of demented whatever. Can't be my fault, must be her fault. I mean, you know what I'd be thinking? What's wrong with you? 
but he can come into my office and say, Daddy, I, I want you to help me with this. And the answer is always yes. Hallelujah. You got to learn now, you got to learn who you are, that you're a child of the king of kings, a child of the master of the universe, and you don't go begging, and you don't go groveling, and you don't go pleading, hallelujah, because you have been cleansed by the blood of the lamb. You walk into the throne room and you say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I want you to do this for me. And you state it like a son. You state it like a daughter and you receive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Get off the groveling routine. Stop the begging routine. Lift your hands. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. For great is your salvation. Yes. Hallelujah. 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 Step number three, Bartimaeus received it. See, Jesus said it again. Bartimaeus did it again. Jesus said Bartimaeus' faith had healed Bartimaeus. Verse 52, go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. We read that and we gloss over that. Go, your faith has healed you. See, he demonstrated enthusiasm. He took action in anticipation. And Jesus said, like the woman with the issue of blood, Jesus said, go, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Jesus said it, then Jesus said it again. Bartimaeus did it, then Bartimaeus did it again, and Bartimaeus received it. Kind of sounds like what Jesus said to another person who received a miracle through enthusiasm and initiative, the woman with the issue of blood in Mark 5. And what did Jesus say to that woman after she had received her miracle? Mark 5, 34, and he said unto her daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. In Luke's recollection of this miracle, a blind, Bartim Bar blind Bartimaeus, Luke 18, 42, Jesus said to him, receive your sight, your faith has healed you. Receive your sight, your faith has healed you. The, uh, see, our problem is we want to act all humble. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get through this message. It's a long message. I'm trying to get through it, and the Holy Spirit's, you know, just talking to me, talking to me, talking to me, talking to me, you know, and, and to just be blunt about it. You're sitting in my faith. You pulled up on a concrete parking lot that is my faith. You're sitting on new chairs that are my faith. The electric bill gets paid through my faith. You understand? That's why, that's why James says, what good is it if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Faith without deeds is, is empty or dead. But the Lord wants you to go out there and produce a whole lot of stuff with your faith. Hallelujah. And produce cars with your faith. And produce houses with your faith. And produce healings with your faith. And produce companies with your faith. And produce businesses with your faith. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Luke's recollection of the miracle of blind Bartimaeus, Luke 18, 42, it records it this way, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. The apostle Peter dictating to Mark remembers it this way in Mark 10, 52. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Luke 18, 42, Jesus said, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Mark 10, 52, go, your faith has healed you. 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 Look, it's on my mind every seven days, on my mind every seven days. We grew up with young people, good people. We went to Bible school with young people, good people. They've been out there serving the Lord all this time. You know, we know where, what some of them are doing, where some of them are. You know, they're still married. They haven't cheated on each other. They, they haven't absconded with the funds. But we don't know anybody. We don't know anybody. They got this far down the road. We don't know anybody. 
from those days who got this far down the road. And nobody's going to tell me it's because I'm a better man, and nobody's going to tell me it's because I, I dotted every I and crossed every T better than others. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Oral Roberts, and this will change your life, said that the, the most important factor to success in life is choosing your parents well. And he was being facetious. But let us make a spiritual application. The difference between Sue and I and all those youngsters we knew at Bible school is this. We chose our father's will. We chose Oral Roberts. We chose John Osteen. We chose Kenneth Hagin. We chose men that could show us the way, not the way to begging, not the way to whining, not the way to crying, hallelujah, but they showed us how to walk in the victory of God, and they showed us how to get healed when we needed to get healed, and they showed us how to believe God for the money to do great things for God, and they showed us how to hear God and obey God and do what God said. It's not that one believer is more holy than another. It's not that one believer is more deserving of another. It is having faith in God. Hallelujah. One man hears the word and says, hot diggity damn, and goes right after it. Hallelujah. I, this, this, I've tried everything else. This must be the answer. And they go, 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 go. And another person hears the exact same word and they say, I don't believe that. And then you let 10 years go by. You let 20 years go by, and they have completely different results. Father, I confess using the word damn. It's a Bible word, I know, but I got overexcited. You know, I don't know how many times I've had people tell me that's too good to be true. It is. It's entirely too good to be true. God, the master of the universe, sending his son to die for us, it's entirely too good to be true. Being forgiven of our sins, washed in the blood of the lamb forever, hallelujah, and being made the righteousness of God in Christ, it's too good to be true, hallelujah. And God sending his very own spirit to inhabit us and to dwell in the midst of us as the candle of the Lord and to lead us and guide us all the days of our life. It's too good to be true. Absolutely. Hallelujah. Jesus uh, allowing men to whip him on that whipping post with a cat of nine tails and pull the hide off his back and off his legs. And Jesus hanging on that cross and suffering and dying. Not only that we might be forgiven of our sins, but that we might be healed of our diseases. And that the, 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 the unrest and the depression and all the darkness of our lives could be lifted up off of us. That is too good to be true. And then to think that he comes along and he says that if you're willing and obedient, if you're obedient and willing, you'll eat the good of the land. It's too good to be true. Yes, 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 a thousand times yes. It's too good to be true. Hallelujah. But I'm walking in it, and I'm living in it, and I'm enjoying it because of the grace of our Father God. Hallelujah. Say it out loud, I believe I receive the healing power of Jesus from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Say it again, I believe I receive the healing power of Jesus from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet because Jesus says your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. Hallelujah, your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. Say it out right loud, I'm healed right now. Say it again, I'm healed right now. Say it again, I'm healed right now. From the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. In Jesus' mighty name. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Could it be that we have a larger part to play in our own victory than we've ever realized? Could it be that we have a larger part to play in our own victory than we have ever even wanted to admit? Several times in the last couple of years when I've taken something to the Lord in prayer, he has brushed me off and said, you do something about it. You do something about it. You do something about it. But that's the problem. Rather than listen to last Sunday's message 15 or 20 times until we master the message, we'd rather just take something to God and dump it off in his lap. And we got away with that when we were baby Christians. And like all babies, we want to continue to be babied. But it doesn't work like that because Father God expects us to grow up. Point number four, step number four, Bartimaeus told it. Jesus said it and Bartimaeus did it. Bartimaeus received it. And then Bartimaeus told it, by following Jesus and by rejoicing along the way, Bartimaeus was telling it. Then Bartimaeus went to praising God again, and because he now had a testimony, that old negative crowd joined in with him in giving glory to God. Verse 52, go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Say it out loud, I give God all the glory and all the praise for my complete healing. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, I'm following Jesus. Tell the neighbor on the other side, I'm following Jesus. Now here is the key to the whole deal is Luke's recollection. Luke 18, 43, immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. So Luke adds this little phrase in here. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. He followed Jesus, praising God. You know why there are people here this morning and you cannot identify a miracle in the last five years? You cannot identify a miracle in the last 10 years? You know why? You used to have some miracles and you used to have some answers, but you're not having any answers and you're not having any miracles now is because... You heard and you believed and you confessed and you took action and you received, but you did not praise God. And when people wanted to brag on your life, you know, you were too quick to take credit for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have to praise God all along the way. And let me tell you what, this dark world is not ashamed of parading their insanity. But we have got God's people and they are in the closet. If everybody else can come out of the closet, you can too. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You notice I'm careful all the time to give God the credit, the glory, and the honor for everything done here. The works of God, the works of God, the works of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praising God. You don't know what to do? Praise God. You feel blue? Praise God. Don't have enough money? What do you do? Praise God. Body goes to hurting? What do you do? Praise God. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. And get this, when all the people saw it, they also praised God. See, they don't even know why they're doing what they're doing. They're just following everybody else. But if you'll praise God, they'll praise God. At least some of them will. This is the way Christianity is supposed to work. God never intended us to stay in the spiritual nursery and have ministers come by periodically and give us signs and goosebumps and falling out experiences and give us another bottle of spiritual milk and burp us and change our diapers for us because we're still so helpless after being saved 15 or 20 years. I have in my notes to explain the difference between faith and Pentecostalism and I skipped that because I figured I didn't have time but you know, what the heck. So that's what Pentecostalism is. And they, they train the young ministers to, to scan the crowd for somebody who looks a little emotional and have them step out. It's not about the Holy Spirit. It's about looking around for somebody, you know, who, who looks a little emotional and call them out. It, it's, and what it's about, it's about goosebumps. What's it about? 
Well, it's about falling out. They don't fall out, they push you down. I was in a service with Austin, and the minister chastised people for not falling down. Look, if it's, if it's God, you don't have to make them fall down. You know, I'm going to go over to that meeting because, you know, they're, they're handing out bottles. I'm going to go over to that meeting because, you know, uh, I, need, I need my butt wiped. I'm going to go over to that meeting because, you know, I need a spiritual experience. I'm going to go over to that meeting because, you know, I need a, I need a goose pump. Look, 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 look. You know, you know, I don't need any goose pumps, you know. I drive my paid-off car to my paid-off house. I don't need no goose pumps, amen. You know, I come preaching my paid-off church. I don't need any goose pumps, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Because I grew up. I said I grew up. I learned how to walk on my own two feet. I don't need somebody to push me down. I don't need somebody to burp me. I don't need somebody to change my diaper. I don't need to get, I don't need somebody to lay hands on me because I haven't prayed in the whole last month. That's all that is. We had a young man went to a doctor for his annual physical and the doctor said you need this pill and you need this pill and you need this pill to solve these problems and the young man said well what if I just lose 15 pounds and the doctor said well that would work too <laughs> and that's the difference between Pentecostalism and faith Amen. see Pentecostalism is don't pray don't do nothing do a Daniel fast once a year come, come and we'll push you down and, uh, you know, we'll do weird stuff with the lighting. When you looked a little emotional, we'll call you out. And, you know, we'll do weird stuff to you. And, uh, and you'll feel better. You'll still be in a crummy, crummy situation, but you'll feel better. You'll feel better. Just shandai a little bit. Just rondai a little bit. Just tie that bow tie a little bit. You know, run, run. You know, ha hang on. Let go. All this that they do. That's the three pills. But getting up in the morning and praying when you don't feel like it, reading your Bible when you don't feel like it, Amen. confessing the word of God when Satan's there telling you the whole time you're not going to make it, you're going under, yes. that's losing the 15 pounds. Amen. Can you see that? Yes. But when you do it, you're not dependent on the pill pusher. Amen. And that's what Pentecostalism is. Man, they pushing pills. They pushing pills, they pushing buttons, they pushing pills. Hallelujah. Just learn how to walk by the word. God says, I'm healed, I'm healed. That's it. God says, I'm well, I'm well. That's it. God says, all my needs are met. All my needs are met. God says, I'm being made rich. I'm being made rich. I'm just going by what God says. Hallelujah. I don't need a prayer chain. I don't need a Daniel fast. I don't need to drink a bottle of anointing oil. I don't need to fall out. I don't need any of it. Amen. Hallelujah. Because I found out who my father was. And I, I, I learned to read and I read his book. Amen. I found out who I need. I came out of the nursery. Hallelujah. And my God has met me every step of the way. And I'll tell you this. He has never failed me. Not one time, not one time, not one time has the word of God ever failed us. We failed him. We failed him. Every failure is on us, but he never failed us. So we need to grow up. I said we need to grow up. We need to become mature. You are to be out there every day of your life kicking the devil's backside just like I am. I said, you are to be out there every day of your life kicking the devil's backside just like I am. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I came to you this morning saying you've got, a, you've got some casting off to do. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. Hallelujah. So you got to cast some stuff off. Hallelujah. I started down this road in 1989. People got offended. You know, it doesn't matter what I do, people get offended. So I figured what difference does it make? But uh, they got offended. I started saying all my needs are met. And people didn't like it. All my needs are met. And uh, two years later, we bought a, bought a new house. People didn't like it. 1989, I bought a car. It was a used car, but it was nearly new. People didn't like it. I just stopped. I just threw off the beggar's garment. Just threw it off. Just threw off the beggar's garment. I found out who I was. Through the word of God, I found out who I was. I just found out who I was through the word of God. I just found out who I was. Hallelujah. 
And I found out that God doesn't want me dependent on anything. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. He is my Father, and He meets all of my needs, and He heals my body. Hallelujah. And He causes my dreams and my visions to come to pass. Hallelujah. He is my Father, and He is wonderful. And what He has done for me, He will do for you, because He is no respecter of persons. How many of this... Let's, let's bow our head and let's go ahead and give people an opportunity to make their commitments to the Lord Jesus this morning. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you've hit the wall. Well, this was the perfect day, perfect message. God, the Holy Spirit had you here for a reason. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, oh, God could never bless me, I messed up. God specializes in using people that have made a mess of their lives. Literally, God specializes in using people, blessing people, healing people, empowering people who have made a mess of their own lives. This church is full of them. They all look middle class now, but you should have seen this bunch when I met them. Hallelujah. Don't let the devil whip you into hell. Whatever has happened, whatever mistake you, mistakes you've made, However you've messed things up, God is greater than that, and Jesus is greater than that. He can save you. He can restore you. He can heal you. The Bible says he'll even restore the years the locusts have eaten. He's wonderful. Jesus said in John chapter 3, you must be born again. He said in Revelation chapter 3, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. How many this morning would say, Pastor, I've never made Jesus Christ my Lord and my Savior, but I want to do so this morning. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. <laughs> I never knew God could be so good, but you've talked about a, a wonderful God and a wonderful Jesus. And I've lived without him, but now I don't want to anymore. I want to give him my life and see what he can do. I want to do what you said in the message. I want to give God at least as much time as I gave the devil to wreck my life. And I want to see what God will do. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it. We're going to pray. Pastor, pray for me. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to give my life to God. I want, I want him to take this mess and make me new. You might be here this morning. Yeah, in the back there. Others, anyone else? There are others here this morning. You're away from God. You're not living for God like you used to. And there are people here this morning. You know the sweetness of the blessings of the Lord that I've spoken of this morning, but you allowed old relationships, old habits, old lifestyles to pull you back. And you're not living for the Lord this morning. Let me tell you what. The Bible also says that the mercies of God are new every morning. Hallelujah. And as sure as that sun came up in the east, the mercies of God are available to you today. How many this morning would say, Pastor, the word says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many this morning would say, Pastor, that's me, I'm away from God. I'm not living for God like I know I should. I'm not living for God like I once did. But I want to make it right. I want to recommit my life to God. I want to live for him from this day to my last day. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up. Lift it up high enough to where I can see it. I'm going to pray. Everybody in the room, let's stand. Let's give an opportunity for people to come forward. Everybody standing. If you're here this morning and you raised your hand for either invitation, I want you to gather your belongings up in hand. I want you to be bold about it. We talked about that in the message. Be bold about it and uh, step out into the aisle and join me here at the front. I say, bring your possessions with you because you don't want your mind on other things. You want your mind on what God is doing for you as uh, we pray this prayer together. Yes, thank God. Anyone else, you're welcome to join us. Whether you raised your hand or not, you're welcome to join us. You know why I say that, whether you raised your hand or not? Because God's calling us. God's drawing us. God's speaking to us. Amen. God bless you. Aren't you glad God's not like the world? The world is unkind and unmerciful. But our wonderful, beautiful Father, He's kind, He's gracious, He loves you. And everything Jesus did, He did for you. 
Everybody in the room, let's pray the prayer out loud together. And for folks watching online that may want to commit their lives to God through the Lord Jesus Christ, let's pray this prayer. Father God, I give you my life. Time's gone by, gone my own way. I've done my own thing, and I've lived for self. But today I turn my life around, and I give you my life. I confess not only my sins, but my need of a Savior. And I ask, Father God, that you would accept my life because Jesus has already paid for my life. I believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead. And I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. And I thank you for not rejecting me, but for receiving me unto yourself and into your family. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. If you go with Mr. Elliot, and we'll get you right back in the service as quick as we can. Let's give God thanksgiving for you. I sat in a champion builder group. I think that was last month. <laughs> young man there, I still don't know his name. Young man. And he told me that somebody invited him to Faith Christian Center. He didn't know anything. He heard the word. He walked the aisle. He got saved. He sat here and he heard the word and he married the girl he'd been seeing. And he sat here, and after a while, I talked him into tithing. Started tithing. And then he was talking about how God was blessing his business. This is a young Hispanic guy. And he talked about how now they own homes. Even Gene Lingerfeld doesn't own homes. But he was talking about how now they own homes. And I thought, you know, it's like light bulbs. I can come down here and preach for 39 and a half years. And you see a light bulb go off over there. And you see a light bulb go off over there. I mean, the, some t people just have a light bulb moment. And then before you know it, it's like a horse race and they're gone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it's not based on color. God will bless anybody with a willing heart. I said, God will bless anybody with a willing heart. Hallelujah. Father, we give you the credit, the glory, and the honor for everything that has been accomplished here. <laughs> I'm laughing, Father, because <laughs> I see where all this is headed. And I can't do it. But I know you can. Hallelujah. So I give you the praise and the credit, the glory and the honor, not just for everything that has been done and not just for that young man, but I give you the praise, the credit, the glory and the honor for what's about to happen in all the days from this day to the catching away of the church. I thank you for it in Jesus' holy name. And everybody said amen.